MC Who, the official podcast of the unofficial movies of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My name's Justin. And I'm Andy. And if you love comics, if you love movies, or even if you just love staying hydrated, then this show is for you. Yeah. Hydration like station. Cool drink of water. Mmm. Please pause while we both take a sip of water. Here we go. Mmm. That's good. Delicious. Now we're ready to go. <laughs> So, uh, Andy, what are we talking about today? Well, there's no guests. I looked high and low, could not find a guest anywhere around here. Yeah, we're really running dry on friends. Yeah, we we used them all up. Um, It's all they're worth to us anyway, being guests on our podcast. Yeah, so if you uh, want to be our friend, tweet at us. Yeah, tweet at us. Um, Or... We'll just do a bonus episode today. Let's just do that. Yeah. That, that sounds good to me. Uh, I, just, I just saw Dark Phoenix last night. Did you? I yeah. just saw Dark Phoenix last night. Oh, was that you in the theater? I thought, you know, there were only <laughs> there were only four, <laughs> there were four, there were four people in the yeah. theater. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> and I thought you looked like one of them. I was. I was indeed. Uh, so yeah, we saw Dark Phoenix last night. Thought we'd do a bonus episode. It is, it's not part of the universe, technically. Right. But so it's a Marvel movie. Right. And I don't really want to do like a like a response to Dark Phoenix. I mean obviously we all could right, talk I'll about throw it. out all my prepared <laughs> statements <We> could, then. <laughs> obviously we could talk about that for a bit. Uh, but more what I want to discuss is how to implement the X-Men, how to integrate the X-Men into the MCU. Mm. How how do we go about getting them into this Disney franchise. Yeah, as they expand their empire, it has right. now incorporated the X-Men into so, it. So, we'll jump into that in a little bit. For now, let's just let's just talk about this movie that we saw last night. Yeah, awesome. So, I guess, uh, if you care, spoiler warnings off the bat. Spoilers for Dark <laughs> Phoenix. Um, Thank you for that. Yeah, now they know. That's, that's the, a spoiler that's warning the siren. Um... Yeah, I saw that it got a lot of uh, kind of harsh reviews. Um, I don't. I wouldn't give it like a harsh review. I thought it was like a, a middling kind of movie, kind of middle of the road, like pretty good. There were some drawbacks to it, some things that could have been better. Um, gut reaction, I would say the action sequences were, for the most part, pretty cool. Uh, I liked the opening space sequence, and then the train fight was pretty nice. Yeah. Um, I, if I may jump in Please. here, I think what, what stuck with me about it was, uh, like compared to X-Men Apocalypse, which mm-hmm. for just, yeah, I, I, I did not like that movie at all. Yeah. Um, I would say X-Men Apocalypse was like a pretty bad X-Men movie. Mm-hmm. And I would say that this movie, Dark Phoenix was like a, a decent movie, mm-hmm. like pretty, pretty standard, but like not that great. But it didn't feel anything like the X Men. Oh, interesting. In my opinion, like they, it just it, you could have you could have made every single one of these characters. You could have given them different names, mm-hmm. let them have whatever powers they wanted. But like, right. it did not feel like an X Men movie to me. Um, yeah, none you of think the, it's because they like um, because typically, unlike an X Men movie, the problem sometimes is this conflict between Professor X and Magneto, or mutants seeking acceptance in the world as a whole do you think because maybe some of that stuff was lacking yeah i think i think personally they they uh they really just (laughs) fucked up every character (laughs) they really just messed everybody up um like the only one that i was like intrigued by was was professor x really Mm -hmm. and the way that they um they took his character in more of like a Dumbledore-esque way, mm-hmm. which again I won't spoil <laughs> Harry Potter for you. It's still doing it, I know, but like <laughs> it's kind of that like that that um, that like you know omniscient almost mentor figure mm-hmm. who like um, is so inherently good, uh, but you know has this, has flaws, has flaws, mm-hmm. and and that's and that's good. That's good. I think that we need that, um, but. Uh, because, but, but then they went a little more into like him being like, um, like a posh playboy kind of thing. It like, I don't know. Yeah. Going to like swarm the circuit president and like sip, going into his office and sipping some whiskey. Yeah. I did not. He was like a real alcoholic in this movie. I don't know. I mean, every scene he was just drinking. Um, I didn't, 
I didn't think that was like necessary. I, I don't know. I don't know what they were trying to say with that. It was very confusing to me. Yeah. Um, so, so him, you know, but again, I, I, I'd honestly, I think I would rather take that a stab at something like that than what they gave Magneto, which was the exact same rehashed storyline that he has had in like the last three movies, which is essentially somebody cares about dies and even though he's trying to have a peaceful life, yeah. and then he's drawn back into it, and mm-hmm. he's like, oh, I'm going to kill people now. I'm angry again. Yeah. And it's just very one one note. I will say, I would love to live at Magneto's sleepaway camp. Because <laughs> that place looked awesome. Yeah, is there a website we can sign up for that? I don't know. It's like on this nice little island. You have those uh, shipping containers turned into houses. Everyone's like organic farming all over the place. <laughs> yeah. It just looked like a pretty badass place to live. Right. It was very. It was the closest I think we've gotten to Genosha. Which no clue what that is. <laughs> is uh, it's in the comics. It's kind of it's Magneto's um, sleepaway haven. camp. It's a sleepaway camp. <laughs> it's where he invites all of the mutants in the world uh-huh. to come and and uh, come to camp with him. Nice. Um, and away from humans, where mm-hmm. humans are not welcome. But it's like their own little haven, uh, mutant haven. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I, yeah, I think that's probably the closest we've gotten to that. Nice. Yeah, in my memory, at mm-hmm. least. Um, but okay, so other other things. Uh, I I think they fucked up Nightcrawler pretty badly. Um, I <laughs> Nightcrawler is he's one of my favorites. Typically, yes, yeah, he's yeah. one of my favorite X Men as well. And and I really enjoyed what the, how they treated him in uh, X Two mm-hmm. um, with his like uh, seeking penance in a way, right, right, like right. seeking for for killing all these people under mind control. And I feel like they were trying to dip into some of that, like, crazy, awesome, like, death Nightcrawler stuff in the train scene mm-hmm. of this movie. But uh, it was very un... Like, he wasn't being mind-controlled this time. Like, why did he just go in on a killing spree if well, he's, like, this... I guess they had, they didn't play him up at all about his, like, religion. But that was, like... I think that's one of, like, the, the main characteristics of Nightcrawler yeah. is... He is uh, this religious figure. And, like, that's... I mean... It means a lot to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was interesting because what it what seemed to set him loose on the train was that that one guard died when mm-hmm. he was trying to save him, and it was the same guard that said, "My kid used to be a big fan." As he right. was walking past, her. like they tried to plant a seed of connection there sure. to like allow that to be the trigger for him to lose it a little bit later. Yeah, and but it didn't really. And again, out. here's the thing. Again, if. I would have I would have bought that and I I mean like I feel like I would have bought that if it wasn't an X-Men movie and if that wasn't Nightcrawler. If yeah. that was just some dude with superpowers yeah. and he was just like some teenage kid and then this guy said that to him and then he died mm-hmm. and then this kid went berserk. Okay, yeah, I believe it. But the fact that it's Nightcrawler, I'm like the, the, especially if you've already if this is supposed to be in the same like the fu- the previous future of of what X2 becomes and like where that Nightcrawler is this Catholic, this, like, very, like, religious person. Mm-hmm. Well, is it, or are the timelines different? Like, I don't they, know, Andy. I, I thought that they had kind of separated from one another, and that's what allowed them to do all this other stuff that didn't necessarily adhere to the original trilogy. You're probably right. And that's the only <laughs> way that any of it makes sense. Um, Which is why they all look different as well, because obviously in an alternate timeline, well, you yeah. look completely different. They went with the exact same character design for Nightcrawler, though, with his mm-hmm. with the swirls on his face and everything. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I, I don't even know. <laughs> He's so disappointed. S- Storm was, like, not even there. Um, again, I mean, Storm, I, I've not seen a movie where Storm is actually awesome mm-hmm. yet, uh, or even a character really outside of just having some cool yeah. powers every now and then. Well, it's tough, I think, cause with something like the X-Men outside of Wolverine, it's tough to get a standalone sort of like, and if you can't have a standalone, then you're not really, you don't have the, the space and the time to explore these characters that would really give them the due that they deserve. I sure. Think. I mean, I agree with you to an extent. The problem is they do have the time in these movies to do that. However, they spend the time going, giving us going the exact, presidential parties, well, giving us the exact same story for Magneto that we've gotten every single time mm-hmm. or, or spending that time on mystique as a character who Honestly, nobody is a fan of Jennifer Lawrence <laughs> as Mystique. Jennifer Lawrence doesn't even like being Mystique. 
Like, why is she a hero? Why is she the leader of the X-Men? That's my question. Like, what... What in I don't understand. Yeah, well, it, it kind of I think it, it has to be retroactively the truth because of what we see in first class and and on and on. Like because she was part of first class because she ended up, um, you know, right. at the at the school. Like she is the de facto leader in, in that, this case. In that vein, I think that this movie was a fitting end to a lot of the storylines that we have gotten from this first class trilogy or i guess whatever the four version of a trilogy is what is that yeah uh, i don't know the uh, quadrilogy the, a four pack quadrilly <laughs> uh <laughs> here's something else yeah <laughs> why okay in the comics mm-hmm. when um jean gray dies and and i think Regardless, point is, uh, the, there's a point in the comics, in the more recent comics, where Wolverine is l- running the school. He's, like, l- running the the mutant school, mm-hmm. and he names it uh, the Jean Grey School for Gifted Youngsters or, or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, and they forced that into this movie, in my opinion. <laughs> if Beast is running this school, uh-huh. why would... And, 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 and Mystique has been the team leader yeah. for... For however long, mm-hmm. and she dies heroically. Right? Why would they not call it like Raven's School for Gifted Youngsters? Gifted youngsters. Because the movie is called Dark Phoenix. So <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. So they have to call it that. I also, I will say, I felt there was a lot of shoehorning of the concept of being a phoenix into the movie. Yeah, like Cyclops' oh, line early on, like you hear what the kids are calling you. Phoenix, because like you rose from the dead, you get it, right? And I'm sitting there in the audience, being like, "Yes, I do yeah, get it." Thanks for explaining. And then she erupts into a. We see like a, a golden bird in the I sky know. three times in the last five minutes of the movie. So here's where that went wrong, in my opinion. <laughs> it's a comic book movie, and I feel like they don't they don't trust that it's a comic book movie enough mm-hmm. because um, because in the comics that force that entity that uh-huh. very very powerful energy that goes through the cosmos, is called the Phoenix Force. Oh, there you go. It self-recognizes as the Phoenix Force. Right. When it introduces itself to people, it says, hello, I'm the Phoenix Force. It does. (laughs) And so, and that's why it's in the shape of a freaking Phoenix. (laughs) And so we didn't need some stupid explanation of why she's called the Phoenix. It should have just, when Jessica Chastain's dumb character came on, they should have (laughs) just... They sh- she should have just said, we need the Phoenix Force. It's yeah. inside you now. Oh, okay. Give us Thank you. Phoenix just give Force. us that. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah, and I will agree. Those... The Dabari? Is that what they're called? Dabari. Did I that believe. ever get said in the movie? I think it was said once. In, in a caption. Like, in a subtitle. Yeah. Oh, when they said, is this what's left of the Dabari, Dabari people or whatever? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, and those were just some random aliens to me. When I was going to bed last night, I was doing a quick Google search because I had no idea who the Dabari was. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I could really find was uh, that they are a they are a race of, like, almost, like, tree people, like, bark's kind of, bark skin kind mm-hmm. of thing. Uh, and they, uh, their home planet did get destroyed by the Phoenix Force. But that's about it, which makes me wonder, like... Who came up with that idea? <laughs> and is it could they just not get the rights to some Any other, other awesome alien species? Or what was even the point of having an alien species? I just yeah. the movie really fell apart for me on that front. Yeah, um, it was it was a pretty weak. Well, and then it was really confusing too to kind of understand. I don't even know her name, so I guess I'll just call her Jessica Chastain's character. It um, was, uh, I think it was like v- Vuk, or <laughs> <laughs> with a V. Vuk? With a V, it's like Vuk, or V-U- Vuk. V-U-K, maybe? Vuk would make, would I remember, sound better. Well, I just, I saw it in the in the credits, when the credits were rolling, and Vuk. I think it was like V-U-K, or something like that. <laughs> cool, so but I don't Vuk. think, I don't know that they ever really said it in the movie. Yeah. Um, but it also, it was super confusing what what they wanted to do, like, I understood that they wanted to take over Earth and make it their new home planet. Mm -hmm. I got that. Mm -hmm. Um, But what was confusing was, so they've just been following this force, this destructive force around. Like, if something destroyed my home world, and it was just this cosmic energy force, I don't know if I would want to start chasing it. And then also, I don't know if I would want to absorb it into my own self and feel like I could use it. 
like I don't know. Maybe that's just her character. Like her character has enough confidence in herself. Yeah, it, it didn't really do that. make sense why they wanted it or like what how they were going to. Like um, they were going to use it to destroy and then to create. <laughs> right. I guess. Yeah, I, I guess so. They wanted a new home world, which mm-hmm. is basic. I mean, it works, but what you, you it's gotta, so basic? It's you just gotta. <laughs> You gotta give us more than just that. Yeah. The dialogue, oh, the dialogue was so simple. Yeah. It was very, very just, oh man, that was, it was rough. Well, it's, um, it seemed like every interaction between Jean and Xavier was just the same conversation again and again. It's yeah. like, you betrayed me. It's like, I was trying to help you. And then later on in the movie, you betrayed me. I was trying to help you. It just kind of seemed like a rehashing of that until she finally believed him because uh-huh. she read his mind. Before I forget, I also want to talk about Cyclops because I think once again Cyclops is given the shaft. <laughs> uh, Although he, he did have a great uh, use of power in oh, the opening man. space sequence when they're like, "We need you to blast a hole in the thrusters," and he was like, "I'll up periscope and fucking shot." That was that was pretty dope. How they have in the in the X. Jet, yeah. the Blackbird, uh, how they have, like, he, like, like lowers down, like the Millennium Falcon, he's just, like, down in this little Because there was a moment turret. when, like, I saw his chair move to the center, I was like, what's he gonna, are they gonna roll down the window for him? What's yeah, about to happen just, Everybody here? hang on and hold your breath. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I thought you were gonna mention, because my favorite action moment for him was when he reflected, oh, when he the... ricocheted off of the the mirror of a uh-huh. car and hit, hit um, I think her name was Celine. Um, the other tele, or the... One of the other... Telekinetic people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, that was a cool moment, and that's something that he does a lot in the comics that I really, I was like, ooh, that's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but outside of those two moments, really, he was... Yeah. He was and nothing that, more than just a love interest. I would say that action sequence as a whole was the most j- disjointed for me as well. It really... I couldn't really keep track of... Well, I could keep track of everything that was going on, but they all seemed kind of disconnected from each other as opposed to one cohesive fight sequence. Yeah, it was... Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to talk real quick before we move on about um, just the fact that uh, Simon Simon Kin, Kinberg, I think is his name, Simon Kinberg, Kinsberg maybe, uh, he's the one who, who wrote and directed this movie. Mm-hmm. It's worth mentioning <laughs> that he is also the one... He was a co-writer on uh, X-Men 3, The Last Stand. Ooh, the other Which movie was the Dark last Phoenix. time we got the Dark Phoenix. Oh, scene, that's interesting. Right? Um, and it's, it's, it's very apparent that it was practically the same movie. <laughs> like, there were so many scenes. Like, just... I mean, I could not... I couldn't help but, like, think back to that... To the X3 movie when... When they go and have that confrontation outside of Jean's childhood home. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? And, like, the, the, it was the exact same, it was the exact same, like, right. scenario. Well, really. even the last, like, it even, whenever that train crashed and, it, it, like, it started to, it, wherever they were in front of that abandoned warehouse, I was like, yeah. is this the same setting as right. as the final battle of X3? Right. it sure seems like it. When she's, uh, mm. I would say, honestly, as far as a plot goes... I think X3 was better. Mm-hmm. I liked the idea that there was, like, this mutant cure that they had to, like, figure out. And then the Dark Phoenix thing. Of course, the Dark Phoenix plot of that movie was much, much weaker than this one. But, um, yeah. but overall, as a movie plot, I think it, it, it worked better. Mm-hmm. Um, but nobody... Yeah, they still haven't figured out how to do Dark Phoenix correctly. Um, I think what you need is... Instead of having these aliens who want to harness the power of Dark Phoenix and they invade Earth instead, I said Dark Phoenix, uh, the Phoenix Force. Mm. Um, instead of that, I think you need what the kind of what they do in the comics is this, um, like this cult, this mm. Earth, this cult on Earth that knows about the Phoenix Force as this ancient energy, and they um, and when 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 it comes into Jean Grey, they try to manipulate her into. Uh, into kind of being their leader and everything. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that's more in the vein of what we want to go with so that it's not, uh, it's more of like, um, I guess it's kind of what they did in the movie, but it didn't really work they for They tried me to do it in the movie. With, it, with how the aliens, yeah. um, it just, it, <laughs> they were just useless. I mean, well, yeah, we don't know anything about these aliens and like, why do we, why do we fear them? Why do we care about them? And I guess they can also shapeshift as well. 
<laughs> right. I will say it was... It reminded me a lot of Captain Marvel, actually, in certain moments. Yeah. Where we had these shape-shifting aliens, where we had, um, you know, someone trying to understand their power. We had... Um, well, it was very much also about, sorry to interrupt, about no. emotion. Yeah, and I was, right? that's what I was just yeah. about to say, was this, like, you need to, especially that, like, other person trying to say, like, you need to control your emotions. And then she, she responds, like, I need to use my emotions, which was essentially the entire plot of Captain Marvel. Sure. And then, you know, becoming this all-powerful person and fucking roasting everybody. <laughs> I mean, and these movies came, up, came out, like, what, four or five months apart. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they had to have been... In production at the same time. Well, I think I saw, I was reading a little bit last night after the movie, and they actually had to do reshoots. Yeah. Uh, because, in essence, the ending was originally almost exactly the same, where there was, what was the, what were they called? The Dabari, uh-huh. or whatever? Because uh-huh. there was almost, like, I guess it was going to end with an invasion of, like, the Dabari, like, uh, some Dabari ships, and then she was just going to fucking light him up oh, just okay. like at the end of Captain Marvel I thought you were going to say the Dabari were kind of like uh, well I don't want to give too many Captain Marvel spoilers here okay I guess we're already too late for that <laughs> uh, Captain Marvel wins in the end by the way she's really strong lights up some spaceships sorry okay let's um let's move on to talk a little bit about uh yeah but yeah I would just, give it like a uh, between a 6 and a 7 out of 10 Sure. Yeah, I'd give it like a 5 out of 10. Mm, I thought the acting was really good, for the most part. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think the actors did the best they could with what they were given, Mm -hmm. and that's, you know... There was a lot of crying. Right. There was a lot of crying. So, let's talk about the X-Men movies as a whole. And this is referring to all, what, 13 movies? How many have they made? Oh boy, I don't know. Let's just go through the list real quick. X-Men, X-Men 2, The Last Stand. I think no, I, sorry, X-Men 2, <laughs> X-Men United, X-2, X-Men United, X-3, The, the Last Stand. The second Last Stand. <laughs> the other Last Stand. Uh, we have, then we have the Wolverine movies, right? So we have mm-hmm. uh, Wolverine, Origin, right. the, the bad one. We have the Wolverine, which the is Wolverine. the one where it goes to Japan. We have the uh, uh, Logan. Logan, yeah. Okay, so there's that trilogy. So now we got six we movies. Got six. Uh, then we have First Class. Mm-hmm. Days of Future Past, right? Apocalypse, right? And Dark, Dark Phoenix. Phoenix. That's ten. So that's ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have the two Deadpool movies. Oh, tacked on there. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're tech- they're technically part of that universe, all right. right? So, oh yeah, I guess they would be. So that's twelve. Is that them. is that all of them? Twelve. Um, sure. Sure. I think technically Deadpool had a Christmas special as well. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was the same movie. All right. Uh, <laughs> I didn't watch it, but I saw it pop up on my Netflix or wherever it was. Yeah. Oh, it's on Netflix. No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. I was I like, I haven't watched it either. You but pay I, for it. Yeah, it was. It was. It was just. Like, it was a cash grab with extra jokes. Well, I think it was to like raise funds for something. Actually. Oh well, now like, I feel bad for in saying the spirit that. of giving. Yeah, <laughs> cash grab to help those needy people. I just I'm assumed it was a studio's cash grab. <laughs> like, let's re-release the movie since everyone loved it so much. <laughs> um, okay, so twelve movies. Twelve movies in the last like twenty years, I believe. Mm-hmm. X Men came out in two thousand, so nineteen years. Um, what did they do right in that time? Let's just discuss all the good things that came out of it. What, what did they get right? What, what would we like to see kind of like when the MCU, when, when Marvel and when Disney takes uh-huh. their property back and hopefully in the next, hopefully not in the next five years, hopefully somewhere beyond five yeah, years give us now, some, we, need, we need some time. Ten years. Give mm-hmm. me ten years. 2030, release the next mm-hmm. X-Men movie. Um, uh, but what do we want to see them kind of like do the same. I would say they got Wolverine right. Okay. You disagree? <laughs> I disagree. I well, I, I think they got the storyline right with Wolverine. Okay. And I do love Hugh Jackman. Uh, okay. I mean, I, yeah. I all in all... I wouldn't say all, use Hugh Jackman again. All in all, I think you're right. I think they got Wolverine mostly right. But the, the big thing I'll say, aside from the Hugh Jackman being, like, way too tall thing, <laughs> I love Hugh... I mean, Wolverine's got to be, like, a runt, and he's got to be a lone wolf. And that is my biggest problem um, mm-hmm. with Wolverine. I, I think with what they did for him, it was good. Mm-hmm. But they made him the protagonist of every freaking movie he was in. Right. And that was 
that's what something I would I would like not to see mm-hmm. happen. I mean, give him give him his own solo movie, and of course he can be the protagonist in that. But he's not the team leader. Mm-hmm. He shouldn't be the team leader. He Cyclops was shafted every single movie. <laughs> I will keep saying it, and uh, and Cyclops should should have been, or even Storm. Give me Storm as the team leader. Yeah. She's the team leader for a long time in the comics. Well, so. maybe this is why like some of these other characters go as underdeveloped as they are was because they really did focus more on. Wolverine rather than yes and and just kind of everyone else's relationship to him rather than uh, their own journeys right and that's something I'll I'll probably talk more about when we discuss everything that they got wrong (laughs) in the the movies Uh, I mean I guess these can kind of go hand in hand but um, let's try to focus on the positives for now so let's see what else trying I know (laughs) I I immediately stopped you (laughs) what else okay so Wolverine in some ways, yes, was definitely was definitely uh, written well. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and that's <laughs> oh, it. What else? <laughs> I think I think Professor X and and Magneto were done very well, mm-hmm. especially uh, in the original trilogy, to the point where they were overdone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Same with Wolverine. Yeah. Um, but the you know the the chess match between them was was always very uh, interesting to watch. Yeah. And, and I think that, um, especially in the original trilogy, I think they got that right. Um, <laughs> what else? <laughs> I don't know. I, I am, uh, less versed. I, I've seen them all, but I definitely haven't, um, dedicated as much time to them as I have the other MCU movies. So. Right. So I don't know. I don't know what else they got right. Okay. Well, let's just stick with those two for now. Yeah. <laughs> so Wolverine, Professor X, and Magneto, they mm-hmm. got pretty pretty, pretty right all around the board. Yeah. I would um, say, especially in the original trilogy as well, what I really liked was um, how the broader societal view of it, um, how they showed, you know, some mutant struggle with, like, yes. coming out yes. or dealing with the, the societal pressures of, of keeping it a secret or, or the hate that they received for being different. I thought that was kind of well showcased as well. Agreed. I think, um, I think they really, uh, the original trilogy specifically really, really helped show us that, you know, being a mutant is all about being, um, being oppressed, mm-hmm. uh, which is something that is very relevant in America, mm-hmm. you know, um, and around the world, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but okay, so let's so let's jump ship and talk about what they got wrong now. Now I feel you're locked and loaded here, so, so take it away. We got, <laughs> I don't have enough time. Really, so I'll try to just shorten yeah. everything. But top, I'll top say two, maybe. I'll say the biggest thing I yeah. think they got wrong was kind of what I already touched on with Wolverine, and that's that. They don't focus. They don't know how to focus on a team movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, X Men is, I think, uh, the the big reasons that I think X Men fails overall is because they're writing for a group of people and they are not shifting focus well enough in right. that group. Um, it's something that the Russos have had to do like a, a, an insane job with on all of, on all of their Avengers movies that they've been doing. Right. The difference is the Russos don't have to explain every single motivation for every single character because they're given in other movies. Right. The X-Men don't have that luxury mm-hmm. or at least weren't, they didn't want to take the luxury <laughs> of taking their time or, and, and granted, I, I don't think that, um, that a, I'm like, okay. there, there was that whole rumor about, or like, you know, the Gambit movie gonna ha- that was ha- supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't think, if you're going to have a, somebody with their own movie, I think Gambit is the weirdest choice. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think Wolverine could have his own movie, I think. But you could do like these duo movies, like with Cyclops and Jean Grey, right, like kind of team right. them up. Or do, um, or do like Storm and, do Storm and Cyclops. That'd be a crazy awesome mm-hmm. movie. Um I don't know. Find these little ways to like, uh, regardless. Okay. We'll get like into that later. Mystique, Beast, and Nightcrawler start like a percussion band and go to Chicago. Yes. And they call themselves the Blue Man Group. Yes. And they have like a long run. There we go. The Blue Man Group. <laughs> a friend of mine, uh, is Sarah Cooper, if you're listening, thanks for bringing this up. She was so <laughs> trying to figure out why, <laughs> why, um, why so many X-Men are blue. <laughs> it's like, there's so many blue X-Men. Yeah. And it's true. And I think it has to do with, uh, like, 
something about the ink that they used back in the comics. Like, maybe it was cheaper to get blue ink. Oh, you're not going to provide, like, an actual genetic no, reason? No, not at all. No. <laughs> I think it had to do with literally the artists back in the day. Anyway, okay, I'm getting off topic. So, uh, speaking of blue mutants, uh, Mystique mm-hmm. is one of those characters that they focused way too heavily on. And it's because they were like, Jennifer Lawrence, you should be Mystique. And then they you know, they got star power with Jennifer Lawrence, just like they got star power with Hugh Jackman. Mm-hmm. And they just, like, leaned on them for everything. Mm-hmm. So literally every movie is either starring Hugh Jackman or starring Jennifer Lawrence. And that's your two options. And it, Or, or you, you have Professor X and Magneto and all of those. But everybody yeah. else is a hard supporting character in those movies. And it ceases movies. to be an ensemble movie. Yeah, it's... <laughs> It's it's tricky. It's a tricky balance to do an ensemble movie, but you have to. Yeah. Um, so that's something I think they got wrong all across the board was just not knowing how to do a team movie. Right, right, right. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Anything else? <clears throat> nope, that's it. Just oh. kidding. <laughs> uh, uh, I think that they overall are just picking the wrong characters to put in these movies. Mm-hmm. Like, First Class was supposed to be this, like, clean slate, start over, kind of, like, do it right from the get-go. And they had the weirdest characters that, like, <laughs> nobody knew about. Darwin, okay, cool power, but, like, where's... <laughs> why not just start with the original First Class, which is Beast, Miss Marvel, a.k.a. Uh, uh, Jean Grey, mm. Cyclops, Iceman, and Angel. Those are the five originals. Now, if you want to take one of those out and put somebody uh, of ethnicity or or another woman in there, do that for sure. Well, so they killed Darwin off right off the Why not just start with, like, (laughs) the start? I don't understand why you wouldn't want to. It didn't make any sense to me. And from then on, they've just made the weirdest character choices, in my opinion. Um, Yeah. Yeah, maybe it was because that they had already like used or they, like they thought people have seen those characters before, so let's give them something that they haven't seen, some powers that they haven't seen before. Sure, just trying to appeal to novelty. Um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So that's something that we'll talk more about when I talk about <laughs> where Disney goes with this. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Anything else you can mm-hmm. think of? I mean, I could nitpick here, but I'll stick with the big ones for yeah, now. Yeah, that's good. Um, okay, so let's talk about the MCU now. Okay. How and when and where and why <laughs> would we introduce mutants and the X-Men into mm-hmm. the MCU? Well, what's interesting is if, if the snap did release all this gamma radiation that has been talked about and it's only affecting like very young people for whatever reason, then it would take maybe about 10, 12 years for that to start (coughs) popping up. But then again, you're only getting, I don't know. It's weird because you can't just automatic, you can't just say, Oh, by the way, there are mutants here the whole time. Right. Um, and you also have already kind of, um, introduce them in a way in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. with Inhumans um, without actually saying that they're mutants, but these are, you know... Sure. People, like, enhanced humans, essentially. Right, right. If, if, if we're tracking Inhumans so closely, why wouldn't we also be tracking mutants? Or why wouldn't we know about mutants in the world, right? Right. <clears throat> I so, think... Yeah. Uh, I think you're right. The problem, if, the problem with introducing them, like like, just starting to come about. Mm-hmm. Um, like, maybe, let's just say, let's say hypothetically, like, the snap and everything changed the world, um, changed, like, the, the makeup of the world, and now people are starting to become mutants, mm-hmm. right? So it's a very new thing. Right. <clears throat> the problem with that is that you don't have these mentor figures like Magneto and Professor X. Right. If they all are just getting their powers at the exact same time now... Well, and you also lose part of what makes Magneto's backstory so interesting was that he's a Holocaust survivor. Of course, um, yes. And he knows what it feels like to like be oppressed and be discriminated against and to experience that again as a mutant now um, is part of what makes his character 
so uh, detailed and interesting. So what's getting harder and harder with time is that <laughs> being a Holocaust survivor, you are very old now. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, either Magneto is going to have to be in his late 80s or... I just don't think you introduced that character. I think that ship has sailed. <clears throat> with Magneto as a whole? Mm-hmm. Wow. I don't know. <laughs> I don't see that happening. I don't see it happening either, but I think, like, you're not going to... If you try and shoehorn a different kind of backstory and say, oh, it's still similar, like, that's gonna that's gonna read really weird. I agree. Like, here's this other traumatic thing that happened in his past that made him who he is. It's not quite the Holocaust, but it gets the job done. I agree. So here's... And this is... Uh, I don't... I honestly, you know, we're not here to do Kevin Feige's job for him. <laughs> no. So we, well, we will. We don't have answers. <laughs> exactly. But what I, okay, how I think maybe you solve that problem is I think you have to, and as much as I don't like it, because I don't like the idea that, <clears throat> well, I think what you have to do is, is use the multiverse. Mm-hmm. And I think... You don't, first of all, I'm not in any way saying that you just plug the Fox's universe, plug all of these other oh, this universe no, no, movies no. into it oh, and no. say that it was all just like a separate universe. Oh, no. Hell no. No, no, no. You That ended. That is done. Fox's universe is done. Sorry, all of those great actors who were in it. You can't. You can't. I'm sorry. You're done. <laughs> you had a good run. Kind of. Um, but what I think you do is somewhere down the line you know, uh, over the next phase and beyond, I think you'll have, um, exploration into these, into this multiverse. Exploration? Hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> uh. hopefully with Fantastic Four, I think the Fantastic Four would be a great team to, to use as kind of like their thing is that they explore different multiverses. Mm-hmm. So you could have their movie, like their, well, now I'm getting into the Fantastic Four too much, but <laughs> I think it'd be cool to have the Fantastic Four kind of be explorers of the different realms, or, or not the different realms, well, the I, different uh, yeah, yeah. universes. And I think uh, Far From Home is going to tell us a lot about the true nature of the multiverse and like what we can expect there to be possible. Right, uh, it's going to plant the seed, that. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so once you've, once you've established that there are all these different universes and whatnot, mm-hmm. um, I think somehow you get... Um, I don't, a lot of people are probably going to think, oh, you do like Secret Wars where you have like all of them bashed together and they create one world and that's how we get the X-Men into the world. Eventually, I'd say that'd be awesome. <laughs> uh, maybe like in 2040, maybe that happens. But um, We're going to be so old. Oh yeah, we're going to die before this series is over. <laughs> oh no. Uh, but, um, but I think what you have to do before that is I think you start, you start making X-Men movies. Right, and I think you you keep them completely uh, separate from the Avengers and everything that we've established so far. Mm-hmm. So the X Men have their own world essentially, and in that world, it's like nineteen, uh, it's like early, oh, it's so like nineteen ninety. You're maybe. saying start another, do some more films, but they're in a completely different universe. Exactly. But we are made aware that it's the it's a multiverse within uh-huh. the same. What set of universes yes. that the MCU is a part yes. of? Yes. <laughs> so it's a different Earth. It's a different Earth, mm-hmm. and in that Earth, maybe it's still like 1990s mm-hmm. or something. Like when the height of the X Men animated series was so popular. Mm-hmm. Like we get that. We get those X Men. <laughs> you know. <laughs> maybe that's how it works, and that way we can have our Holocaust survivor Magneto, right. and we can do um, just a lot of the fun. Uh, X-Men stuff that we want that all of us have wanted to see on the big screen and that just haven't we haven't gotten because we've um, we've been stuck in the same world yeah (laughs) uh, for too long (laughs) so I think I think you introduce the X-Men there you get probably like a solid um, couple movies out of them Mm -hmm. and then eventually maybe you have um like a, like a big a big uh, crossover event yeah. film, and from there, 
I think maybe then you implement the X-Men for whatever reason their their world is dying or or somehow they have to come together and save both worlds or yeah. regardless and then Dark Phoenix comes back again <laughs> for a third time. <laughs> third time's a charm, you know? Well, and so funny that you mentioned that because uh, one of the big events that happens is Avengers vs. X-Men, right? Mm-hmm. In the comics and uh, written by uh, head, I think head writer maybe it was Jason Aaron or one of the writers at least was Jason Aaron on that uh, who's a Kansas City native guy. Hey, He's very shout good, out. Very cool. Um, but he, uh, or sorry, they, uh, so Avengers vs. X-Men basically takes the idea that the Avengers and the X-Men um, are fighting over what to do with the Phoenix Force mm-hmm. as it's coming to Earth. The Avengers think they need to destroy it. Right. However, the X-Men think that they need to save it because it is the only chance at mutants... This is a, this is established that um, mutants are no longer being, like, born. Created. Born. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, like, mutants are no more. Um, and so mutant kind is going extinct. And so the Phoenix Force is, like, their only way to re... Um, relight that flame, really. Mm-hmm. So then they have this big, they have this big battle, right? And I know people don't really like when heroes fight heroes, but <laughs> it is, it makes for Civil interesting. War was pretty cool. So what I'm getting at is, I think, what if you had like, what if the Phoenix Force? You save the Phoenix Force until that time, and then you have the X Men that we've already been established. We've already seen a lot of their. their their good movies mm-hmm. with their very team oriented um, uh, storylines. <laughs> yes, of course. And, and then we have our whoever the Avengers are in <laughs> twenty years from now. <laughs> it's going to be all the young Avengers, essentially. Yeah. And then you have this uh, kind of Avengers versus X Men type crossover where they are battling for their for their world to survive, kind of like what happens in Secret Wars, um, and then. Uh, yeah, and then I don't know. Somehow, they they come to understand each other, and and they uh, the world is saved. But now everybody's on one world or somehow. Yeah. I don't know. Something like that. I dig it. I think I think that's the only the only way to not make it super cluttered is to have the X Men live Exist. on their own world yeah. with their own problems where they are um, ostracized and uh, but they are. Because really, if mutants were start did start to come about in this world where like enhanced humans or people with uh, like superhuman abilities are already established and widely accepted, mm-hmm. then they wouldn't face the same societal like um, pressures or like they wouldn't be as ostracized. I would imagine, right? Because everyone's already like, oh, you're super, like uh, just like. Iron Man, or just like <clears throat> Captain America. Cool. Awesome. Right. right. Another theory, <laughs> just to throw this one out, mm-hmm. I don't like this one as much. I think it may be a little more confusing than that, even. But um, <clears throat> if you have. So in the comics, uh, there's an event called House of M mm. um, back in like 2004. Um, and it's where Scarlet Witch, uh, who's already been established in the movies, mm-hmm. um, Elizabeth Olsen, um, <clears throat> it's where she essentially creates a, she changes the reality and that's in the comics, her, her powers are more reality based, like it's chaos magic and she can essentially alter realities like full worlds to, to however she wants them to be. And she's much more dangerous because of that. Mm-hmm. The movies haven't really tapped into any of that. Um, they've kept it a little more like mind based right. reality. Well, like, outside of, what I want, I want outside of Age of Ultron, though, it's mostly <laughs> just been like telekinetic yeah. stuff. <clears throat> outside of that, it's it, like the very first movie, her first appearance, she was like, "Let me show you your worst fears," and then she's never really done that since then. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I would love to see her dip more into that with her upcoming WandaVision Disney Plus show, mm-hmm. um, and then you know somewhere down the line. You know, or we we watch her progress and get more and more powerful to where she can dip into those reality bending things, and then either she is the she's the catalyst, like she's the she's the one who, who like triggers this this these worlds coming together, these mm-hmm. realities like like she's able to open a crashing. portal between universes because she right. has this reality bending right, yeah. um, or she just creates a reality with. More enhanced people like her, right? Right. I don't know how you do that exactly. But mm-hmm. Anyway, 
Um, okay, so let's just assume that... Um, I think I think the best way to do it, again, is to have the X-Men kind of in their own world, right? Disney and Marvel are running things, but we basically start fresh with new X-Men, with new... Uh, with new storylines and with, you know, mm-hmm. um, and again, we yeah. wait 10 years And we for change it. all their names, so now we have, like, One Eye and <laughs> Inclement Weather and Claw Hands, and they'll be great. Inclement Weather! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> It'll be great. And the guy is just named Wheels? Yeah. Oh, my God. Mr. Wheels. <laughs> Mr. Wheels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um... Okay, so let's just let's just say that 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 is the thing. Yeah, let's um, say that. And so, okay, let's just now let's jump into how do you write it? What do you do with it? Mm-hmm. Um, who would you start with? Who do you um, do? We see this as a movie franchise. Would you think this is a Disney Plus series that comes out and it's like a team based series, kind of like um, uh, Umbrella Academy? Or uh, Deadly Class, where it's mm-hmm. kind of you can kind of focus on different characters with each episode. Um, I've always thought that X Men would work well as a series, uh, but you also want to see them on the big screen, so it's hard. Yeah, I, I think you have to go film with it because um, I think it would be tough to to do the series and then transfer them to the big screen. Agreed. I will say, uh, I, I think I read something where Kevin Feige was saying how their Disney Plus series are going to be uh, very tapped into what happens in the movies. Oh, really? So, you know, they want people to watch these series, which is why they're getting all this, they're getting all the star power for it. They're getting, yeah. <clears throat> it's basically going to be like movies mm-hmm. in a show form. So they're saying, hey, if you liked all this and you want to keep up, you better buy the subscription to Disney Plus. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and marketing aside, I mean that is genius. But marketing aside, uh, you know, I am very happy that we are getting more content now. Because, mm-hmm. like, you know, um, they're not going to spend a big budget on a Hawkeye movie. But you give us a, six episodes of a Hawkeye series, and it's like, okay, we're going to fill in some gaps with this. We get right. to see Hawkeye in action like we want to. Um, and same with same with uh, Scarlet Witch and all this stuff, yeah, right? Yeah. So I think I think you're right. I think it's kind of going to be both. Mm-hmm. That's how I would do it. Is you well, have the X Men yeah. established in a movie, and then you explore each of their characters more in a in Disney Plus series individually. Mm-hmm. So you get a Storm series, you get a, a Cyclops and Havoc series, where the two brothers are going and trying to find their parents. You get um, what's called the Savage Land. Um, and, I mean, this is just another storyline that you could really do. It'd be kind of fun. But uh, the Savage Land is like this like this haven. Not haven, really. But it's like a, it's like a, a pocket that wasn't touched by, like, when the comet hit. What? What <laughs> comet are you talking about? <laughs> Sorry. Where like, are we right now? Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> so there's still, there's still dinosaurs there. Oh, okay. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like this prehistoric world, essentially. Gotcha, gotcha. I think it's like in Antarctica or something. Okay. Um, anyway, anyway, the X-Men have a lot to do with the Savage the Savage Land a lot. There are X-Men when there were dinosaurs? <clears throat> no. <laughs> no, the, the X-Men find it. Oh, there are dinosaurs during our time because yes. the comet never killed them. Correct. And they live in Antarctica. There it is. So, okay, okay. All caught up now. Thank so, you. It'd be a cool thing to do is all I was saying. Um, okay. So let's just say that we have our first X-Men movie, right? Let's they're, say. they're like, hey, hey, Andy and Justin, yeah. we want you guys to mm-hmm. come up with the plot for our first X-Men movie as mm-hmm. a Disney franchise. What do we do? Oh, uh, can we get a little time to think about this? Like, no. you're really just coming to us here. They I say, th- you have 10 minutes <laughs> oh, to finish geez. this. All right. Wow. Um, well, I think you have to start, I mean, X-Men isn't X-Men without Professor X, like, he's the genesis of it all, right? Agreed. Um, and so I think that has to be where it begins. I think, uh, I think you're right. I think what we could do, since, okay, we can't ignore the fact, it's just, it's, it's very similar to Spider-Man, mm-hmm. and how they introduced Spider-Man. 
Um, the problem is we have like 20 different Spider-Man we have to introduce, mm-hmm. each with their own storylines. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, I think you do something similar where you assume that most of your fan base is going to have already seen most, at least one of these X-Men movies, right. and at least know who these characters are, mm-hmm. some of them. Professor X, for sure. Yeah. Um, so I think what we do is we focus in on maybe three or four or even five different teenage mutants mm-hmm. um and we breakfast club it <laughs> yeah <laughs> we set them up in detention and they realize they have powers here's what i do focus in on five uh five different teenagers yeah and i think you have professor x as this mysterious figure who's like trying to uh, recruit them to mm-hmm. come and he'll teach them. He doesn't have a school yet. Um, I think he doesn't have a school yet. I think he doesn't have like a <clears throat> uh, X-Men or anything like that. I think he's just, he is a mutant who, um, who can, who sees can, a need, who can the find these others who know, he can tell that they are needed. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think you get, it's kind of Nick Fury-esque in a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, so who would our five originals be? I mean, do we keep it the original first class? I mean, what would it be? Cyclops, Jean Grey, Storm. Uh, well, not Storm technically. Not Storm. No, Cyclops, no. Jean Grey, Beast, Iceman, and uh, Angel. Angel. You said Angel. Now, what can Angel do besides fly? Uh, he can pretty much just fly. <laughs> cool. I'm not kidding. Uh, but he, uh, you know, later in the comics and everything, he becomes Archangel, and there's a whole bunch of stuff. Is he, he like a halo, or what is he? He throws. No, he actually becomes one of the four horsemen, horsemen of the apocalypse. What? And he uh, out of character for an angel. Well, that's the point. He's a fallen <laughs> angel. Oh, okay. And so he becomes like this, like android-looking dude with like he shoots little daggers out of his wings. Wow. It's crazy. Anyway, Angel is a very complicated character, in my opinion. And if anything, I would say take Angel out and stick Storm in. Hell yeah. The original first class. Um, We can get Angel's storyline later. Sure. So, because he's always been kind of the one that nobody really knows how to write for. Mm. (laughs) Because he's just like a rich kid. Anyway, (laughs) so, okay, let's say we have our first class of Scott Summers, Cyclops. Mm -hmm. Jean Grey, we got Bobby Drake as Iceman, mm-hmm. um, and he's usually depicted as younger than the others. Like he's like more of the 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 childlike um, uh, curiosity and like really creativity. He he's, has more fun with it than the yeah. others do. Creates ice sculptures um, and whatnot. <clears throat> right. We yeah great. We get <laughs> we get Beast uh, uh-huh. who is um, he's got to be a bigger a bigger guy. <laughs> That's, uh, I want, my favorite depiction of Beast is, like, this kind of slightly hairy, but, like, um, you know, kind of tank of a, Mm -hmm. of a kid, of a teenager. Yeah. Um, you know, he's big. I mean, that is his mutant power, is that he's Beast-like. Right. And it's not, it's not really how they did it in these last X-Men movies, where he was, like, this smart kid with big, hairy feet, and then he, like, injected himself and became this big blue monster, yeah, and then he can like change in and out of it. Yeah, back when and did forth. that get established that he could shift between? I don't think ever, but maybe in Apocalypse somewhere. Honestly, right. I don't. Yeah, I don't things care. were established in Apocalypse. <laughs> I seem to have forgotten them. Yeah, I did not. <laughs> yeah, that movie. Uh, anyway, so uh, so we have we have Beast, and basically what he is is not blue, but he is you know he's he's super like almost like a gorilla like a monkey of a person um a monkey of a person a monkey of a man <laughs> like he's a beefy kind of just a like a a built individual he's very built and he's very but he's very acrobatic he's very well balanced mm-hmm. is the thing right so he can like swing really well he can he's very nimble and agile and also very strong so, so it's maybe kind he's of like on the gymnastics team sure i like that <laughs> i like that <laughs> Uh, and then we have, uh, Storm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so Storm is our fifth. And so the, the origin story they give Storm in the comics is, you know, she is, it's very much what they did for Apocalypse, where she is this orphan in the streets of, um, I think, I must, I think it's somewhere in Africa probably, Mm. but, um, 
anyway, she is a mutant, and she's recruited by Professor X from there. So she is she is African, I believe, technically, mm-hmm. um, which is why her name is Aurora, and she does have a slight you know dialect kind of thing, a slight accent. Um, so I, I would say we keep that. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see in in the comics. Professor, uh, the Xavier Institute is in America, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But in the movies, isn't it in, is it in America? I think so. Yeah. It is in America. Yeah. Why is, doesn't he have, isn't it like his family estate or something? Yeah, it was his house. I mean, that's, that's what was alluded to in Dark Phoenix was like, this is where I first met right. Raven. It but was this very why was Why was this little British boy growing up in America? Uh, I don't know. I, I, Sometimes. I just realized that. Is that weird? I don't think so. Sometimes people grow up other places. But he like really he really held on to his accent. Yeah, maybe his parents like got a job somewhere or I don't know. America. I don't think it's ever You know what? Now that I think about it, Patrick Stewart did he have a British dialect in those movies? I'm sure he did. Okay. He's Patrick Stewart. Yeah. I'm not changing my dialect. For I know. You. I'm <laughs> just thinking like I don't think Professor X was British in the comics. I don't it's know if just, he was. It, Patrick Stewart precedence. <laughs> and then they, and then that's why they cast James McAvoy. So uh, honestly, I don't know. I don't know that Professor X is, is British. Okay. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, and if I'm wrong, I apologize <laughs> to all British people. But wow, um, yeah, to every single one of them. I mean, you should probably do it individually as opposed to this. All right. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> Start with the A's. And we're back from me <laughs> talking to every single British person. Uh, it was pretty in the impressive. World. Yeah, it was great. Uh, my beard has grown out, mm-hmm. and I really need to eat something. But we're good. It was um, worth it. So, <laughs> anyway, uh, okay. So we're so Professor X brings these kids. Um, so they all come, they all come to together. together, and they uh, and Professor X gets them together and. He basically trains them to protect themselves from a world that is fearing mutants. I think yeah. we have to have that somewhere in here. I think that's crucial to the whole X-Men situation. Right. And, I mean, call me crazy, but You're I crazy. Think, okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. I think you I think you have Magneto as your first as your first villain. Sure. Um And I would even love to see him have some Maybe some henchmen of some kind. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. Maybe not full on brotherhood of evil mutants yet. Well, the thing with the Magneto henchmen is that they're gonna die before the end of the movie's over. They're just they're not gonna be there anymore. <laughs> we learned that in Dark Phoenix as well. The the point holds true. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Screw that. I don't think he has henchmen necessarily. I think he is kind of on his own. Mm-hmm. And and so it's the five youngsters up against Magneto. What if he has, like, um, since he can control metal, he creates this uh, army of metal people and he calls them the Iron Legion. What if it was, uh, (laughs) what if it was something like that? That's pretty good. (laughs) Uh, instead of that, though, (laughs) let's do, let's do a thing where it's, it's, like, the first half of the movie is Magneto, um, like, like your act three is, 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 uh, Magneto is going to We're doing a whole mini episode right here. Well, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it turned into that. Screw it. Um, where Magneto is your, uh, antagonist and and in the the first half of the movie or so, um, but they, you know, he seemingly is, is taken down by Mm -hmm. the team, um, or somehow he gets away maybe even, but they end up like kind of winning the battle, but not the war, if you will. Mm -hmm. Then you have... But that creates like this need for like this this fear of all mutants, right? Right. So now people are like actively seeking out mutants and trying to hunt them down. So Professor X is quickly trying to recruit more and more students and bring them to safety from uh, from a world that is scared of them. Um, but then you have the ending kind of being Magneto. Uh, so then the humans uh, create the Sentinels, mm-hmm. of course, um, and of so. Course. So the the ending of the movie is kind of like the Sentinels coming to attack the mutants, but then Magneto, because uh, this is when they're made of metal still. Right. So Magneto turns them and he starts attacking. He starts using the Sentinels to attack all of the humans, and therefore the X Men step in and now are saving humanity. 
right? Mm-hmm. So it's just a very classic storyline. We keep it simple, but we tell it and we show it and we give it in a way that is very, um, very faithful. Uh, faithful? Yeah. yeah. Faithful to the mm-hmm. comics and to the animated series that people love. And we keep it comical um, and we give it... Uh, really, we see every single one of these five original characters, yeah. uh, these students... Um, and we, we, we get really good character development out of them in this first movie. Well, and even you can find a way to at certain, like it wouldn't all have to be at the beginning, but just like different flashback moments where you see like a little bit of history of each one yes. of them. Yeah. Um, so that we at least get some sort of groundedness to these characters as opposed to just them kind of. And I think it could be more than flashbacks even. I'd say like throughout the movie you get, you, you know, they run away, they go back home, they try to find yeah. like find themselves and they basically come together as a team because of this. So they really are working together and they become a family. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I think you tease it at the end with all these other mutants that professor X has recruited and we get to see, um, like Kitty pride and Colossus Mm -hmm. and angel and, uh, nightcrawler. And Mm -hmm. you know, then you start, then we can go from there and the other move, the next couple movies can be about establishing them as more of, as characters, um, with even with uh, you know all the the original five kind of being the um, like almost mentors to some of them mm-hmm. in a way. Um, well, that, uh, yes, but this Disney Plus really provides an opportunity too. Like if there is going to be this kind of trickle up situation. We're just do some miniseries, especially with X-Men. Like, yeah. if there was a 10-episode yeah. Nightcrawler arc, if there was a 10-episode, like, just start giving us these X-Men stories so that we can have a greater understanding and appreciation whenever these movies come out for as well. For sure, for sure. Um, <clears throat> and I think, uh, first of all, Cyclops needs to be team leader. He needs to be field leader. Um, but I think you could also have a lot of fun with having Storm and him kind of butting heads on that a Mm. lot to where you get that X-Men gold, X-Men blue split down the middle somewhere. And that's when they start catching Pokemon and everything. In the third movie. (laughs) And then they get X-Men red and then they trade across platforms. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, That's what happens. (laughs) Um, so Storm leads her own division of X-Men and Cyclops leads his own. And then you get that little bit of, just a little hint of like a Civil War-esque thing mm, going on there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, there's so much There's so much you can do. Um, I love it. Yeah. I mean, literally, all we just did just now was... Um, Kevin Feige's job for him. <laughs> I was going to say we just took the comics and did the exact same storyline for the movie. Yeah. But I think that's all you have to do to make it a good movie. Because surprisingly enough... They never did that with the original movies. Mm-hmm. With these 12 movies that they've done, they've never actually just done a simple X-Men storyline from the comics. And honestly, that's what people are dying to see, I think. Um, that's, what I, that's what I'm dying to see, yeah. personally. Do it before um, 2040, please. Yeah, yeah, maybe start before 2040. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say 2030 is mm-hmm. a good... Maybe 2029. Yeah, yeah, good year, now. good year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that'll work nicely. Uh, Look, I'd love to see the X-Men. I can't wait to see the X-Men. But take your time. Do it right. Please, please, please. No rush. Because we all know that all the top executives and producers of Marvel and Disney listen to this podcast. So we we plead to you on a personal basis. That's right. And also, (laughs) thanks for letting us do this podcast. Yes. (laughs) And not sending your lawyers after us. Uh, So, I will say, though, uh, on, the, on the final note here, in my side of things, Andy, mm. um, I do, I can't wait to see the X-Men, but mm-hmm. what I'm dying to see much, much before that is the Fantastic Four. I, I really, really want a Fantastic <laughs> Four, uh, and I, I would say the Fantastic Four can be in the, uh, the, the same world as the Avengers and all that stuff, so I think maybe you, you know... Uh, maybe we'll have another episode where we'll talk more about the Fantastic Four on this podcast. I need to but, catch up then. But I, I'm dying for a Fantastic Four film. So do that one first. And again, I think if you have them established as uh, intergalactic explorers, mm-hmm. this family of explorers, I think that'd be so cool. Nice. Andy, final yeah. thoughts? Final thoughts. Uh, I'm almost done with my water here. So we've uh, we've stayed well hydrated as promised. <laughs> and uh, that's all I have to say. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Well, um, 
So uh, we'll be back next week with a with uh, with back to our regular scheduled program with a guest with a movie. Um, we'll have our sixth episode then. And as always, you can find us on Twitter, on Instagram, and mm-hmm. on Facebook. We have yes. a new Facebook, uh, and uh, basically uh, we're at MC Who Podcast. And you can like argue with us. You can disagree with us. Please disagree with us. Whatever you want. Share your own thoughts about yeah, the things we're talking on, about. Y'all. If you think you can make a better movie than something we talk about, like give us your ideas. We want to hear them. So yes, badly. we do. We want to have those conversations. Mm-hmm. Don't all of us? We're all nerds here. Come That's on. Right. Uh, please give us a review on iTunes uh, and subscribe on wherever you listen if you haven't already. We mm-hmm. we uh, we love those subscriptions. We eat them up. Yes. And <laughs> we're very hungry, so please give them to us. <laughs> all right. Let's get out of here. All right. Until next time. I'm Andy. And I am Justin. And you are exquisite. That was the best X you could come up with. What? <laughs> Exceptionally exquisite? Get out of here. Episode over. <laughs> <laughs>